0: Welcome back to Fig and Farm at Home, where we design happy living. I've mentioned it before, and I will mention it again, that designing a happy home, happy living, doesn't always mean making things pretty. It's not always about the color you put on the wall, or the size of area rug you have, or whether or not the front legs of your couch sit on the rug or off the rug. It's about the heart of the home. It's about the people you share your home with and your space with and living intentionally so that you can love your people well. And loving your people well is exactly what we're talking about today with my new friend, Jessica Hayes of the podcast, Love Your People Well. She is a marriage and family therapist, and she's since stepped out of the counseling room, but started a digital ministry to help busy Christian moms strengthen their spiritual growth, their family relationships and their own mental health. You are in for a real treat as you get to hear our conversation. We dive into this idea of busy and community and stuff and all of it. We go so deep in such a short amount of time, but it won't feel short to you. It's 45 minutes. It is kind of a lengthy one for me. But There's so much goodness that we talk about, and I hope that you gather at least one golden nugget from today's conversation. Enjoy today's show. We grew up with the phrase, home is where the heart is, but our culture has shifted, and now the message is, home should be Pinterest perfect. I'm calling BS on that message. Home, it's not about the stuff, it's about the story, and whether you know it or not, your home is a reflection of you and is already saying something. So what is it that you want it to say? Hey, I'm Danny, a former first grade teacher turned home decorator. Going from a dual income to a single income so I could stay home with my babies meant budget, like ramen eating, Goodwill shopping budget. And I learned a few things along the way, like how to bring big style to your home without breaking the bank. And I'm sharing it all with you. Tips, tricks, decor, and design advice so you can learn to tell your story with your style where you can start living free from the Pinterest perfect trap and start living a life of intention. Welcome to Fig and Farm at Home, where we design happy living and where it doesn't have to be perfect to be beautiful. Hi, Jessica. Welcome to the show.
1: Hey, Danny. Thanks for having me. This is going to be a lot of fun.
0: It will be. I'm so excited that you reached out and... Um, and I know what we're talking about, and I know the direction we're going in our conversation. But um, and I, I've introduced that in the intro to the show, so my listeners now know. But I'm curious. Tell us who you are, what you do, and um, and who do you serve? Sure. Uh, well, I'm Jessica Jessica Hayes, and I'm the host
1: of the Love Your People Well podcast. So I am, um, I'm a marriage and family therapist. I've been doing that a little over 10 years. And when I had kids, I kind of stepped away from the counseling room and started a digital ministry. And the podcast is a big part of that. And so my mission is to serve uh, busy Christian moms to help them strengthen their family relationships and their spiritual growth and their mental health.
0: I love that. And I I told you before the show, before I pressed record that, I feel like I could talk to you about any number of those things. Um, so interesting to me, but you know, as moms, we are so, we, we wear so many hats and we step into so many roles. And, um, and I think that the idea of um, serving these moms well, so that they can equip, they can equip themselves in order to love their people. Well, just like you said, and just like your podcast is titled is so important. So um how when you've worked with these moms and these busy moms what what are some of the things that you're seeing like what are some of the the struggles that they come up against in order to love love their family well to love these yeah
1: yeah um there really are a lot of common themes but and one of those themes i think is that a lot of times We feel alone, like I'm the only mom who's falling short, or I'm the only mom who hasn't washed dishes in two days (laughs) or whatever it is. And, and that, but really that's one of those common themes that we all, we all feel like we're the only one. Um, And that, that plays against us a lot of times, because then when we have doubts or insecurities or anxiety or stress, we sometimes don't bring that up to our community, to our friends, to our husband because we're embarrassed or any number of reasons. And, um, and that really slows us down, I think, because we miss out on encouragement or help or support. So that is definitely one of the big things. And um, a few of the other big things I would highlight for busy moms who I work with is that well, just that word busy. Like we tend to fill our schedule so much because we have, we have our own goals and dreams and things we want to do and taking care of a house. I mean, that, that takes time. I don't think I thought about that when I first got married and had kids like doing laundry, doing dishes, vacuuming, like these things take time. And, and with our kids, we want to give them so many opportunities and, And that takes time. And so just figuring out how do I balance everything and still feel like I have something to give my people emotion and energy and attention. Um, it can be really difficult to find that balance. And, and I know that you talk a lot on your podcast about how does our home serve us or does our home serve us? Mm -hmm. And for a lot of women, um, I mean, we can ask that question about any number of things. How does my social media serve me? How does my car serve me? But a lot of times we wind up just getting on autopilot with all these different things in our life and they aren't serving us. They might be helping us like keep that baseline going, but they're not actually helping us grow and nourish and and flourish with our family. Um, And so those are some of the things that I try to help moms with so that they can focus on the things that are actually most important to them, not necessarily the things that are banging the loudest for their attention.
0: Yes. And I love that you just said that because there are a lot of things that can bang really loud, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't know if it's a mom thing or if it's a a cultural thing, but I feel like busyness is a badge of honor And, and it shouldn't be. I mean, you know when you when you think about how many times <clears throat> you've asked someone hey how are you their response is oh i'm busy and oh that's so sad that just makes it breaks my heart when when that busyness gets in the way of freeing up time and space to connect with the people around us and you you mentioned so many touch points in what you just said in that little answer and one of the things I do want to circle back to is um, this idea of community and surrounding yourself with community. You know, um, when, when we think, Oh, I'm not the perfect mom, or I'm not doing that. Well, I'm not like, am I the only mom who has not washed her dishes for two weeks <laughs> or not two weeks, two days. We'll, we'll say two days.
1: It you could know, be two weeks. Let's be.
0: <laughs> it could be, it really could be. And there's so many, standards that are placed on us that, you know, on social media, on Pinterest, on wherever, wherever we consume that, there's so many standards of what it should be. And um, it's hard to attain to. And so one of the things I say all the time is it doesn't have to be perfect to be beautiful. It doesn't have to be perfect, but let's really speak to these moms. Um, You know, these moms that we both serve, how, what are some, um, like, where are some of the anxieties stemming from? Can we be specific, like, with with our, our home or, you know, the busyness, what are some of the, where are some of the anxieties stemming from for these mamas or overwhelm?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, the, certainly there's a lot of things that can influence anxiety and overwhelm that are you know, outside of what we're going to talk about today, you know, our childhood and our past and all sorts of things can influence that. Um, but something that I think a lot of moms overlook is, um, is how, how busyness really does raise stress and anxiety. And in particular, there are three things that I always try to highlight with moms, the busyness of the schedule, creates a lot of anxiety, uh, especially if we're someone who hates to be late or we hate to cancel at the last minute. And so the schedule uh, raises that anxiety level and that sense of being overwhelmed, especially when it's a family schedule. It's not just my schedule, but we're trying to keep track of the kids and our husband and, you know, when does the dog need to go to the vet, all the different things. And the second area of busyness that we often don't think about is our use of media. Like you mentioned, social media, Pinterest, Instagram, and, but even the news, like how much attention are we giving to things that we can't control and that sometimes create, you know, brings up jealousy or it brings up fear or some of these different emotions that are quite difficult, but we actually can't control any of this stuff. We're just receiving this information. And the more time that we're spending in that world, typically the more anxious we're going to feel. Um, and then the third area that, that a lot of moms I work with are, are a little surprised to find out this actually is impacting me is the visible busyness of our life, kind of the clutter of our house, uh, that messy kitchen, you know, every time you look at those dishes piling up next to the sink for a lot of us, there's that little twinge of guilt or, Oh, I need to do that. I should do that. And, and Of course, no one's going to have this perfectly clean house, unless I guess if you pay a lot of money to have (laughs) someone come in and do it for you. But things aren't going to be perfect. But if you're looking around and your mind is constantly jumping to, oh, yeah, I need to throw that away. Oh, yeah, I have to deliver that to donate those books at the library. Oh, yeah, I need to clean the dishes. That creates that level of overwhelm as well, because we can't like we're not going to close our eyes while we're walking through the living room if we're seeing it around us and we're not happy about it or satisfied with it, it it typically is going to bring up some anxiety.
0: Right. Exactly. And, you know, I've mentioned this to my husband and we kind of joke about it, that there are times when I feel like it's claustrophobia, when I will be at a vantage point in my home and I'm looking at whatever landscape is right in front of me. And this stuff feels like it is a weight pressing down. And that visceral reaction, I think, is something really important to pay attention to. Um, and I'm so glad that I, I, I'm so glad that, that you have noticed that too, and you can work with your clients with it because for a lot of years, actually, I felt like that must be a thing that I, of course I grew up with, you know, a little bit of that history, but that must be just me. Same same thing we were just talking about. It just it must be me. I just react when I see too much stuff. And um, one of the things that I've noticed, and I've I've talked to my community about community about, is um, this idea that when you are managing your stuff, if you are a stuff manager, that takes away this time from loving your family. That takes away from the time that you know, not only do you have to do the maintenance things like cook, clean laundry, those kind of everyday things, but now you're moving stuff to create space so that you can have time to just sit down for dinner, for example, or, yes. um, and that, that seems problematic to me. Um, yeah,
1: it does. And it gets frustrating because we know this isn't how I want to spend my time. And we think, I mean, at least for me, Cause I can make that a very personal, like I have little kids at home, toddlers, and we have a, a pretty small living space. And just last week we had kind of this little season of, it was like the dining room table would pile up with stuff. And then when it was time to eat, I would move it onto the couch so that we could eat. And then after dinner, everyone's in bed. My husband and I want to sit on the couch. I have to move it back to the table. And that's not a lot of time. You know, that's a few minutes of my day but it was super frustrating because every time I'm like, obviously this stuff doesn't belong here or, you know, it has a home somewhere and it was slowing down dinner. Like my kids, I don't know about your kid. My kids get cranky when they're hungry, you know, and here I am saying, hold on just a minute. Mommy has to move her computer and move this thing. And yeah. And I really felt that like, this is not a ton of time, but it is taking away from the moment with my, my people with my family and creating frustration for all of us a little bit of frustration but if that's every day that that's not fun and it does build up
0: exactly and one one of those little moments can escalate quickly into two little moments and three little moments or you know in your case with your little kids I mean their their span of I'm hungry now and I'm cranky now is shorter than mine who I can say oh wait just a second or help me (laughs) yes (laughs) Um, but that adds up that adds up. Um, So I'm curious, you know, with moms, of course, we have this idea of we could be overwhelmed with the busyness of the schedule. We could be overwhelmed with the stuff in our home and the negative impacts we have of the world just kind of crashing on us. But how can we identify, like, what would you say to a mom who says, "I, I feel overwhelmed. I feel anxious. I feel these things but I don't know the root cause. Do you have any ideas for how we can help that, that mama identify what is triggering her?
1: Yeah. And, and I do think that's a great question because we're talking about busy moms. It's not like you have an hour every day to just reflect on (laughs) your emotional experience. Uh, But what, what I encourage people to do is to try just to take note of the moment when you realize like, here is my little spike of anxiety or my spike of frustration or whatever it might be. Um, and sometimes, I mean, personally, I'm a very visual person, uh, when I'm struggling with something and I know like I'm struggling, but I don't quite know what that root is, where this is coming from. Often I will actually like pull out a post-it note or post, like I will write it down. Like, okay, it was two o'clock and I noticed I had this surge of anxiety when we came home from the library and I walked in the living room and I'm not going to process that right then, but I take note of it. Mm -hmm. And so whenever we can notice it, then when we do have time um, to reflect a little bit later, and maybe that's, we take a short bath in the evening, or we have a, a time of journaling in the morning, any way that, that we can do that, or just, we're waiting in car line to pick our kids up from school, whatever it is to take a few minutes and try to almost like instant replay that in your mind. And identify like what was the physical sensation? What was the the thought that popped in my head? Um, And a lot of times that can help us point to this was my trigger. When I came home and I saw the mess on the dining room table, yet again, the thought that popped in my head was I must not be a very good mom. I can't keep my house clean or or whatever it is. Um, Sometimes we feel like a tightness in our chest and we have to kind of pause and look at that so if we can pause in the moment, that's awesome. And and that probably is a little quicker to figure out the route. But even if we can't, we can circle back to that later. Um, most of us, we have no trouble with our mind like following its own little trail. And we realize 10 minutes later, oh, I didn't even, am I thinking about that? That's not how, you know, we redirect our thoughts to do that on purpose later, to let yourself kind of relive that little moment, trying to identify, like, if I was a fly on the wall, what, what did I see? Or what did I hear? And and sometimes that can help us point to, okay, this was the trigger. So this is something that I need to do something about it.
0: Yeah. That's, that's really good because I, I think for me anyway, I'm really good at identifying the, the trigger. I can identify the trigger, um, but going that step beyond and actually asking myself, but wait, what, why am I triggered? <laughs> about. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then to, you know, so sometimes in that moment, you can be reactionary, right? So like, I know I'm triggered and oh my goodness, all this stuff is on the dining room table. And I just want to get dinner on the table and I want to get it on now. And sometimes the reactionary moment can be like treating the family around me who I love so much like crud because I'm reacting to that trigger. I love that tip of just jotting it down, like even keeping a post-it note or, you know, putting a little note in your phone just so that you can take a deep breath. And even in the action of writing the note, I would imagine would be like taking that deep breath to remove yourself from that could be a a negative reaction. Yeah,
1: true. It's almost like you're giving yourself permission. Like this is a problem. I'm going to deal with it, right? but not right now. Right now I'm going to smile and move the stuff off the table and put down dinner. <laughs> yeah. That, that slight pause to just like redirect. We're acknowledging what, what we're feeling. It's not fun. It's not hopefully going to last and we're redirecting our, our reaction. Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. And it, it, as moms, it's what we teach our kids to do. Right. So, you know, take a deep breath, count to 10, do, do something so that you're not punching your brother. <laughs> Yeah. 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 We need
1: to do that ourselves. (laughs) Stop punching ourselves and, you know, kind of mentally beating ourselves up about something that, that is not necessary and not helpful in the moment.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we had talked a little bit in our, our interview questionnaire and a little bit, um, beforehand about this idea that too much stuff in your space, if we just go there and concentrate on that for a moment, it can kind of trigger a couple different reactions in you or a couple different, um, you know, it can be the seeing of the stuff and that can cause the, the visceral reaction and the response. But you mentioned something about cognitive dis- dissonance, um, which is, sounds very, very heady to me. So can you explain what that <laughs> means? And, yes. you know, if, if it's not the visceral stuff, maybe it's something else.
1: Yeah. 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 You're right. That is a very therapist word, (laughs) cognitive dissonance, but we all experience it. And that is basically where our present moment, like what we are doing or what we're saying or who we are, like something about the present moment is not matching our values or our sense of identity or who we want to be. And so now we have this dissonance, this this disconnection i i say that i'm a mom that loves my kids but right now i'm yelling at my kids and so we kind of recognize that this does not match and that's a problem and that happens for all of us i mean every mom has a moment of being a little too loud with her kids or you know we have a reaction and and that's not the end of the world you can come back from that but one of the problems is when this is a repetitive thing, when we repeatedly act in a way that does not line up with who we want to be or who we think of ourselves as being, eventually one or the other is going to have to change because that's just, it's just building our sense of unease and our sense of stress and anxiety until something changes. And when we think about, you know, when we come home, we see all this clutter or this stuff, our house is full for some people that is not a problem. They're looking around and they're like, "Oh, I remember when we bought that. We have these great memories. Oh yeah, Aunt Joy gave us that. Oh, she was so sweet and you know, we have great memories and seeing our stuff makes us happy." But for for others of us, we see our stuff and we feel a little overwhelmed by it and we're not necessarily associating it with who we want to be. Um, I want to be a mom who is present with my kids. And if every day I'm seeing that pile of stuff that I need to move just to spend time with my kids, that that's disconnected. Um, or sometimes like, you know, that it's kind of a popular term now, like the crunchy granola mom, like I'm gonna, we're only going to eat vegetables and (laughs) we're never going to McDonald's or, or whatever it is. And we usually all have a goal to some degree, but some of us take that much more seriously than others. And if you're look, if you want to be that mom and you're looking, every time you look in your pantry, all you see are potato chips and macaroni and cheese boxes, that's going to be discouraging to you on repeat. And so now we're not just talking about one day where like, oh my gosh, life was crazy. We're getting fast food. We're talking about a repetition of, I want to be this healthy mom but in real life, I'm not. I mean, that's just not what we're doing right now. And eventually one of those is going to have to give. And so, so that's what cognitive dissonance is. And usually when we realize it's happening is when we can intentionally handle that. Uh, maybe we start buying more vegetables or maybe we just do some self-acceptance that life is crazy right now. And as long as we don't have potato chips at every meal, we are on our way in the right direction. You know, we need to either change our thought process or our actions.
0: And I imagine too, you know, if we take this idea that if we, if we can recognize that there is that cognitive dissonance and things need to change like if if we approach it in the idea that we need to change all of it right now all the time here we are that could be really defeatist, right? But if you put that little sticky note if we go back to your sticky note idea and put a little sticky note on the pantry that says I'm going to buy more vegetables, or I'm going to replace the chips with veggie straws or, you know, whatever. I imagine that if you bite that off one chunk at a time, you could help recreate that life that you want. I yeah. Think, tell me, tell me your, um, your thoughts about that.
1: No, I, I totally agree. Um, it's a lot more realistic to have small action steps that move us in the right direction. Um, because we're a lot more likely to be successful, and then we get that little, that little hit of dopamine, right? Like, oh yes, I did it, and we feel confident, we feel good about it, and it was manageable because it only took five minutes or, or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of times we get kind of stuck in this black and white thinking: it's all or nothing. Either I am a mom who loves her kids well enough to give them healthy food, or I'm a horrible mom who eats junk food all day long, and for probably 99.97% of us, we are somewhere in the middle. And if we're taking a step toward who we want to be, who we we want our family life to be like, what we want our home to be like, then we typically are gonna feel a little bit of less stress, less anxiety, and more confidence, more peace, because we know this might not change the world, it's not a magic wand, but it is a step in the right direction.
0: Right. And I think if we liken it to like, you know, if we were to say, set a goal to run a marathon, we wouldn't go out and just run the marathon that weekend. Right. We would, that would
1: not be very smart.
0: (laughs) And we would hurt a lot for very many (laughs) days afterwards, but yes, the idea that you might run around the black block this week. And next week you might run around two blocks until you build yourself up and up and up. And as you see that success, it is leading into the next step. Yes, Are yeah.
1: there? Uh, oh, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say, I think that also connects back to what we were talking about of, you know, how do we figure out the root issue? Like our main trigger, if we can label that, if, if we can recognize, okay, that pile of dirty dishes by the sink or that busy dining room table, that is right now my biggest stressor when I look around and I see all this clutter. Well, now I know what that first action step can be that first step toward cleaning things up or reducing my anxiety, reconnecting with my family. Um, and if we don't know what that is, that's fine. We can, there's probably 10 different steps we could try. But if we know what that root issue is, now we have a lot more um, like bang for our buck with whatever that action step is that we do take five minutes or whatever it is to accomplish it.
0: Right, right, absolutely. Are there any other tips that you might have? So if we identify the trigger, if we take small actionable steps to address whatever that root cause is, trying to find time to reflect on that first. Any other tips you would have for these moms to be able to um, kind of overcome their anxiety surrounding their home environment?
1: Um, well, I think one of the, one of the other tips that I would have is, and this probably is kind of, it sounds a bit abstract to start, but stay with me for just a second. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think my tip would be to clarify your own priorities. And that sounds very big and worldly. Like, of course, my family is a priority. Of course, my mental health is a priority. That that's fine. But have you clarified that enough that you could write a list that you could write a list that if it comes down to choosing between comforting my child, when they bumped their knee or washing the dishes, I'm going to comfort my child. Like, and I don't mean, I mean, that would be a list of like a hundred different things. We don't need to get quite that specific, but we need to be able to know what our priorities are well enough that we could have a list. And then if that list is visible, And when we're walking into the kitchen, walking into the living room, we're feeling overwhelmed, we're feeling stressed and we can look at that list and say, okay, right. I'm feeling stressed. So I know right now I need to put my attention on something that is on this priority list. Mm -hmm. I need to turn around and spend two minutes with my kids. I need to send a text message to my husband to like reconnect, um, and that might be something with the house. I need to wash the dishes because that's what's right in front of me. That's what's stressing me out. We're not having problems with any of these other priority areas. Um, but for a lot of people that, that really gives power to what our day looks like, because we're not just letting the schedule control what we're doing. We know we can be intentional in these specific areas. Mm -hmm. And when we're stressed, we can, if we're, I mean, for me, as a, just as an example, when I'm feeling really stressed, I'm feeling overwhelmed. I'm looking around the house and it's not what I want it to be. I find it refreshing sometimes to get something done for the house. But if my kids are there and why I'm stressed is like, you're, you're cranky, you want my attention, but I feel like, oh, I really have to fold the laundry that I know I'm going to choose my kids in that moment. I don't really have to think about it because that is a higher priority. Now, if they're calm and they're playing and whatever, they don't need me. Great. I'll fold the laundry and I will feel better. Um, But I think that that really helps a lot of us. If we can really clarify what are my priorities so that in the moment when the anxiety spikes, we know where it is that we want to give our first attention. And then if that's good, we can go to something else.
0: Right, right. Excuse me. <laughs> exactly, um, and I think I think that's a good point because you know sometimes when we, I would imagine that when we prioritize whatever it is in life, <clears throat> um, and we come back to our home and we're looking at our home and something in our inside of our home is stressing us out. I would imagine that if you are placing your time and your energy, excuse me, to the things that are priorities, the stuff that's stressing you out might not be such a trigger, right? Like if yeah, back to that cognitive dissonance, that if you are, you know, I could be triggered by this pile of stuff that I'm tripping over daily, 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 but really I just want to spend time with my kids.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. If we feel good about, The people, the relationships that are most important to us, that is a huge, like protective factor (laughs) around the stress and the anxiety, not to say it won't happen, but we have kind of that firm foundation that we can say, okay, my life might look like a mess, but I am really close with my people and that really matters. And, and yeah, it, it makes it a little more firm of a foundation to then feel like, okay, I can tackle whatever this next thing is.
0: Right. Right. Exactly. Um, at the beginning of our conversation, you mentioned something. This is off of any any questions I sent you, but you mentioned something about the community and your community of people. So, of course, our people are the people we share our home and space with. But how important do you think it is to? I, I'm we're just going off script here, but how important do you think it is to surround yourself with your people, with your community, with you know to um, open up to things like this is what i'm struggling with or this yeah. is my trigger point what what do you think about that
1: i do think that community is something that is really powerful and influential in our lives and i also think it is an area that we do not give enough attention to especially as busy moms because we're busy and we you know our kids need a lot of attention and you know, you want to have a date night once in a while, like life gets so full that sometimes well, we'll kind of realize, wow, I haven't seen, I haven't had coffee with a friend in three months. I mean, you know, and especially we're recording this kind of during COVID and like the whole world has been shut down. And so I think people have been thinking about community more lately. Um, but we don't always know or feel very confident in how to build that community because it, It usually is awkward at first, like when we first meet new people, we don't want to be just spilling all of our struggles and our emotions and it takes time to build that. And when we're busy, we may not have that consistent time to get together. And so there are challenges um, to having a good community around you, but it does, it really goes a long way to be able to know these are like-minded people. These are friends or, or church members or you know, my my Zumba class or whatever it is. These, this is a group of people where we have something in common and we can encourage each other and help each other and normalize for each other the hardships of, of real life, of managing a home, of raising kids, of, of all the things. Um, it really makes a big difference in our own sense of purpose and satisfaction. Um, but sometimes we let the difficulties of it get in the way and we don't prioritize it as much as I think that it would be helpful.
0: Right, right. And it's work, right? To be vulnerable and to open up and get beyond the how's the weather and how are you? Oh, I'm busy. Yes. (laughs) It takes takes work to do that. And a real sense of understanding, I think that this will be important.
1: Yes. Yeah, you're kind of, you have to be willing to step forward in the moment for a future benefit and the more that we do that even in the moment we will get encouragement or we'll get support or we'll get ideas or whatever it is um but a lot of times if we're just starting out with a new friendship or it's a new group that's getting together somebody has to go first like we have to we have to start so that in 6 months in a year in 6 years we will have depth and intimacy we all want to we want to end up there but sometimes it's frustrating to know that that's a that requires time it requires longevity
0: and, and effort i remember when my um middle son was in preschool we would i would drop him off at preschool and there was just a small little like vegetable of where the moms would wait and with their kids and we would be there for five ten minutes or so and no one was speaking to each other the kids were kind of playing and and that is so awkward it was so awkward and i remember coming home to my husband and saying great. I need to Midwesternize these gals because (laughs) we lived in the Midwest and everyone, I don't remember where you said you're from, but um, Midwesterners are so very kind. And and in the Northwest, you have a little persona where I'm at. um, Maybe you avoid eye contact. Exactly what we were doing in this small space where we all had the same goal (laughs) to send our kids to school. And I remember coming home and just saying that, okay, I need to Midwesternize them and it's going to be effort and it's going to be work. And thankfully I did, because that's where some of those community, my community came from in those, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. it took work.
1: Yeah. yeah. And you're right. Some of it is cultural. Yeah. I, I live in the South now, I'm in South Carolina and, but we came from the Washington DC area And even the day that we moved here, I remember we went to uh, the grocery store or somewhere. My mom had helped us move, my husband and I, and the cashiers just like chatting, chatting, chatting. Yeah. And she was like, uh, is this what the South is like? Are are people just going to talk to you wherever you go? (laughs) And they do. I mean, certainly more than they do when we go back up North to visit people. And and that's not to say one is good or bad. There's certainly our strengths and weaknesses of every like subculture, um, But that is to say, we all like it when someone smiles at us and someone starts a conversation and someone invites us to, to get to know them. And yeah, so it's, I'm not a very extroverted person, um, but I, yeah, I've, I've learned that I need to kind of try to be intentional about stepping forward because not every single time, but many times there will be great fruit that comes from that and, and if I don't step forward, you never know, is this possibly a great friend who I'm going to miss out on connecting with?
0: Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I can even think back to, you know, some of my closest friendships were because I pursued that. Hey, how are you? You live down the street. Hi, how are you? Oh, you're going running. Tell me about it. You know, just kind of engaging, just little snippets of time that grew that relationship. And yeah, it's, it can be a beautiful thing. (laughs) <laughs> when you put effort into it. Same yes. with, you know, every, every relationship, your family, your kiddos, your husband, in-laws, all of that. Yeah. Yep. Well, thank you for going on that tangent with me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, do you have anything else you want to add to, um, you know, tips for busy moms or how to manage stress or, you know, stress related to stuff. Do you have any other, any other words of wisdom you'd want to give to my listeners?
1: Um, gosh, words of wisdom. That's a high bar, Danny. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, you mentioned our relationship with stuff. And I think to speak into that, um, you know, I've, I've already mentioned the value in clarifying our priorities. Mm -hmm. And I, I do think that that extends to our stuff, to our homes. Now I, you know, I'm a, a family therapist, relationships are like, I'm, that's what I'm passionate about. That's what my podcast is about, is the people and the relationships. But we all go home at the end of the day. And if we walk in the door, if we, you know, we put the kids to bed and now we actually have like 20 minutes all to ourselves, <laughs> And we look around and we feel stressed or discouraged by what we're seeing, by what our home looks like, that's a problem. And so I'm I'm not necessarily suggesting that that needs to be on everyone's priority list because I believe that our people should be on the higher end of our priority list. But I also think that we need to remind ourselves that we are one of our people, (laughs) like my mental health, my emotional health helps me and is is really I would say totally necessary if I'm going to love my husband, my kids, my friends, my parents. If I'm going to love my people, well, and so actually on my podcast, one of you know I have kind of four pillars. It's there. It's it's a Christian podcast. So loving God is on there. Loving our family and loving ourselves is one of those key pillars. And and I think that that extends to if if our It might not be our home. It might not be the stuff around us, but sometimes we kind of overlook how that's impacting us. And we think this is just what life is supposed to be like, or, um, you know, it's okay if all I have is hand-me-down furniture and I hate it, but it was free. So, you know, or whatever, we're, we're all different with what's going to stress us out or bother us. Um, but we need to acknowledge the reality that we matter Um, And sometimes it helps just to think about it from the reverse. Like I love my husband. And so I want to love the things that he loves. And one of those things is me and I love my kids and they think, you know, mommy is the greatest. Well, I want to, I don't need to think I'm the greatest, but you know, I want to love myself well, so that I'm living in a way that is, is true for them. Um, So I think that would be my final, just kind of a tip or an encouragement is to, make sure that in the busyness and in the, all the stuff that we are taking time and putting effort in to taking care of ourselves. And that probably includes our relationship with our home and our stuff and, and how we feel at the end of the day, when we're in the place that is supposed to be our safe place to kind of relax and let everything go.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Two things that you said there, and I'm going to hope I can remember it, but that, what you just mentioned, your home is supposed to be your safe place. And especially in this last two years, right? When the world threw us a curveball, and, you know, you go out, you step outside your doors. And of course you want to equip your kids for the world outside the doors. You want to equip you for the world outside, but it can be kind of a yucky place. So having home be a respite is so important, I think. And to be a place that you can kind of recharge your batteries. And if you are spending all of your time moving piles of stuff and managing stuff, you don't get that. Um, I love that you mentioned that. Um, The one other thing I thought was really important about what you just mentioned was a new perspective to me. And that was, um, of course, we hear the terms like self-care and self-love. <clears throat> excuse me, but um, this idea, oh gosh, you've per- worded it so perfectly. But this idea that um, your people, like your group of people, part of that is you. Or if you look at it from the, the idea of I love everything or not everything that my husband loves, but I, I'm invested in everything that he loves. And one of those things is me. What a fresh perspective. I think I'm going to need to re-listen to that a couple times because it was just so profound in an, just a different, different lens to look at. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I don't think I thought of that really in, and didn't bring it up with the moms that I work with until I had kids and I could see, you know, they're looking at you as like, and I, I know this will change when they're teenagers and whatever, but you know, they look at you when they're young and it's, I want to be just like mommy, mommy is the best And if they, you know, my kids right now, they love to play with my hair. I have very curly hair, you know, they love to play with it. And we're working on like, be gentle and don't pull mommy's (laughs) hair. But if they heard me complaining every morning, oh gosh, my hair doesn't look good today. Uh, You know, if if that's what they hear me saying, what, what message is that going to send them? I think this is so beautiful and so wonderful about my mommy, but she hates it. She complains about it. and. And that's obviously a very small example, but, you know, they look at us thinking, you're amazing. And so we need to treat ourselves well. We don't need to get a big head thinking we actually are like the most amazing person on the planet, but we need to respect ourselves, love ourselves, care for ourselves, because we want them to do that for themselves. I want my daughters to grow up and enjoy their homes and enjoy their lives. And, you know, I want to do the same for myself.
0: And think highly of themselves, right? Because we can be yeah. so critical of who we are and all of our misgivings. But if we can focus on it with not the intention, like you're saying, of boosting your ego or self-inflating, but just to acknowledge that, you know what, I am crafty, or I, I really am a fast reader or whatever, whatever the things are. That's a really good thing. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, do you have any resources for our listeners? Any um, place you would like to send them to grab some of your goodies? Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I would, I would definitely encourage people to check out the podcast love your people. Well, um, and I do have some resources on the website loveyourpeoplewell.com, um, and I, one that I'm going to make sure that that you have, given the conversation that we've been having, uh, one of my free resources is a 51 self-care ideas list, and I put this together with some of the moms that I work with because when we do have that five minutes, or maybe it's even 15 minutes, or you know, we get that tiny chunk of time. Yeah, And yes, sometimes we have to use that time to wash the dishes or whatever, but sometimes we need to use that to actually refresh ourselves. And a lot of us get kind of stuck in like, oh, I have five minutes. I'm going to get on Pinterest. I'm going to get on Instagram. That may or may not really refresh you and ref- refuel you. And so this 51 self-care ideas list is just just kind of a resource to help people know, like maybe some creative ideas to get their juices flowing for How can I take care of myself, refresh myself in a realistic way as a busy mom? Right.
0: right. Can you give us a preview of maybe your, I don't know, top two or three?
1: Ah, Well, um, that's a great question because I don't have it right in front of me. Oh, no. Um, So, okay. I'm going to give an idea. I don't actually know if this is on the list. Now I'm going to have to go back and look. Um, Coloring, like getting out crayons or colored pencils and coloring for just a few minutes. It Obviously not every woman loves that. Some of us would be like, oh, that sounds horrible. <laughs> but for a lot of us, that, that actually is very relaxing and it, it kind of gets us out of our head and just like we can get a little creative and enjoy the moment. Um, so coloring is one. And then getting in nature is another one that And we all do that differently. Some people love to go for a run. I hate to go for a run, but I love to go for a nature walk. And, you know, so there's some ideas on there that uh, the goal is not no, I need to do all 51 of these ideas, but there's some ideas on there about nature. And you might read all of them and think those are stupid. They wouldn't work for me, but I could do this in nature and Hey, mission accomplished. Like that's, that's what we're going for here. So But yeah, coloring. Now I'm going to have to look back at the list. I don't remember if that's on there, but I know that that soothes and relaxes a lot of people.
0: I find myself doodling a lot. Like even when I'm recording a podcast, I will doodle and it just is, it's relaxing and it helps me to keep my train of thought.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's a great one.
0: Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, Jessica, I so appreciated chatting with you today and I'm going to link all of the Um, things that you mentioned, your, your um, podcast, your website, and that freebie resource in my show notes so that people can connect with you. Yeah. Thank you. That's great. I love the title of your, um, of your podcast too. I think that's fantastic. Thank
1: you. <laughs> yeah. Well, as you know, starting a podcast, there was plenty of time I'm like, what should I, I know what I want it to be about. What should I call it? Yeah. So yeah, I was thankful when that popped in. I was like, yes, that's exactly what I want to do. We want to love our people.
0: <laughs> oh, And it's so perfect. So perfect. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it.
1: Yeah. Thank you. This is fun.
0: Hey, real quick, before you go, if you learned something new or found value in today's podcast, Would you head over to iTunes to Fig and Farm at Home and leave a review and subscribe to the show? That would be awesome. And if you'd like to connect with my community of mamas who are learning to be intentional storytellers within their own homes, join us at bit.ly forward slash design 101 group. There's always more room at the table. See you soon.